When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Hello, welcome to episode 97 of... I've got a squeak. I'm sitting on a squeaky bed. So uh, this episode, I'm uh, interviewing uh, Sharon Mannion. And that's brilliant. But before that, I, uh, I've i been training uh, for the last uh, four weeks for uh, the Connemara Marathon, or better known as Connemarathon. And uh, I'm up now to uh, 12 miles I did last week. And today... I should be running at 14 miles. I mean, that's uh, once a week. I up it by two miles on there. Uh, uh, and then in between running four, four and five miles and doing uh, interval sprint training. So, yes. Yeah, so later on today, I'm going to run 14 miles. I'm a bit apprehensive because, uh, well, I've just got a slightly tight, tight hamstring, you know, yourself. Uh, but do I do love it. I do love the uh, four and five miles. As, and uh, I like the long ones, but towards the end, they... I get a bit, um, I get a bit uh, tired in the legs, and uh, I uh, have to bring food with me, and you know it's a two hours at least just running along there, you know. So you have to bring, bring snacks and uh, a um, dress properly for it, a bit of water, uh, a TV to watch, and uh, oh. No, you don't bring a TV. I'm only bleeding mess. Anyway, I was asked recently to uh, by someone in the Big Issue magazine. You know Big Issue, the uh, magazine that is sold by homeless people on the street, to write uh, a letter uh, a, a letter to my younger self. And um, I've sent it in. They haven't got back to me. Maybe they just think it's it's not a it's not good advice. And they want to spare my younger self that advice. But uh, it gave me some examples, just so I'd know how to write this thing. 750 words, approximately. Gave me examples uh, from um, various people, one of them being Sinead O'Connor. Um, and uh, make me want to actually write a letter to young Sinead O'Connor, um, as opposed to my younger self. And maybe just tell young Sinead O'Connor not to listen to older Sinead O'Connor because her advice is um, slightly mad. But um, but I've written I've written the thing for myself, 
What will I do? Will I, will I, I'll just read a little bit of it because I didn't want it, I wanted it to be practical. This is me now. In the future, somehow I go back in time and uh, I uh, speak to my younger self. There's a little a bit of it, right? Look after your body or you'll get fat and wrinkly quicker than you think. Drink water, eat fruit and veg. Use sunblock and moisturiser. Write, perform, discover, learn, be open, be honest, be true to yourself. You don't need someone else's approval. Don't do what you think people think you should do. Do what is good for you only, even though others disapprove. Do not buy lottery tickets. You will not win. And even if you did, it wouldn't make you any happier. And just to let you know, there's a £20 note in the jacket in the wardrobe. You would have found it in three weeks, but I might as well tell you now. Oh, and wait until after 2007 to buy a house. This is practical advice, really, from my younger self, apart from the usual stuff as well. Uh, you know, learn an instrument, learn to dance, go to college, learn to learn, keep trying. Failing is learning. As Beckett said, ever tried, ever failed. No matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. Do not buy a saxophone. That's the kind of advice I like to give. I'd like to give my younger self and uh, and young Sinead O'Connor if you're listening so uh, here we go uh, this is Sharon Mannion growing up here it was in Castlereagh yes uh, outside Castlereagh actually oh yeah uh, in a little uh, village called Castle Plunkett actually outside Castle Plunkett oh yeah yeah in a little road called Milltown oh right I'll just give my full address there yeah that's right you just leave your number stalkers Uh, uh, very rural, and, very and rural. but not farm, not a farm. No, no not a farm. Well, we mm. lived beside my granddad, uh, mm. who had a farm, and my uncle lived mm. next door, who also had a farm. So mm. there was there was farms everywhere, but not us. Yes. So what do your parents do? So my dad is a wholesaler, a wholesale distributor. So basically, he buys in like uh, uh, he supplies stock to small shops essentially. Oh right. So he's kind of actually like really he still works at it. But it's a kind of a business that is sort of becoming uh, out of existence, really, because it's all about it's all about providing for small shops, and really small shops are kind of dying out no. with the advance of Tesco's and Littles and yeah. all that. So um, yeah, so that's what he does. Uh, and uh, did your mother work? My mother works at well. She was minding us, but she worked in the business as well. Did the books and things like that. Oh yeah. Uh, but she was at home, yeah. a full time. Mom. Yes. Yes. Well. Great yeah. job. And yeah. uh, I was uh, going to say a housewife, but because like, that's what she would have called herself at yeah. the time. But like a housewife now in in twenty nineteen, a housewife seems like a really, um, I don't know, redundant term or yeah. something. It's uh, like think home a wife that a you keep home? in the house. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really um, kind of conjures up all sorts of stuff that's not nice. Uh, so yeah, a homemaker, <laughs> full time, full time. Mother, I suppose. Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure the correct terms. And uh, how many kids? Did my mother have? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. <laughs> uh, so I have two brothers. 
two older brothers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So are they involved in any form of entertainment or uh, performing? Or well, my my older brother actually is, well, he works full time as a driver, but he plays the drums and he's played in a couple of bands and stuff over the years. Mm. My other brother is an accountant and is so far removed from being creative that mm. it's like comically so. He just really is not... A creative person. It's kind of amazing how many mm. comedians are just, the, it's just them in the family that yeah. perform. Yeah, I don't know. Swarm. It's weird. But then I think, well, I don't know about anybody else, but I think like as you get older and the years go by, you start, it doesn't seem as out of the blue like as once you would have thought, if that makes sense. Like you start to see different, either your parents or different relatives who kind of mm. had a bit of a talent for different things and you kind of realize oh mm. yeah that's been there in the family like my aunt and writes uh, has often won like loads of little writing competitions and different things and writes she often puts like really long funny posts on facebook and stuff like that and she's always mm. done that kind of stuff my dad plays in a he's he used to play in a show band played the saxophone and yeah has oh, always been really? kind of yeah okay. and would often like mc local events and different things and and my mom performs a lot in kind of like amateur sort of um, scoring a no score. It's this thing that mm. the GAA do. It's like a talent competition. So it's kind of there. Uh, yeah, it's there. But I just think yeah. in a, in a, in a, certainly in my father's generation, mm. which would be older than your parents, but uh, you just this wouldn't have been an option. No, not to do this. Not at all. Yeah. Not even close. And like my dad mm. say was in a show band and like at some point now I don't think he particularly had like grand ambitions to do that like I don't think it's something he regrets that he didn't end up doing that forever but like mm. you know he th- it came to a stage where they were sort of gigging a lot and it was like they either needed to co- kind of go proper full time or uh, or not and yeah. so they went well we better get real jobs <laughs> you know so yeah just I think my mom might have liked to do uh, something yeah. along those lines, maybe in a different. If, it, but again, it just wouldn't have been yeah. on the radar yeah. of, of any description. It's right. barely on the radar now. It's <laughs> barely an option now. <laughs> yeah. Keeping so, it together, uh, but yeah. um, d- so did you do anything like performing at, at school? Uh, so not really at school, but when we were younger, we would have done this thing, scoring an og with the GAA. So it's like a talent competition that the GAA run, and like part of it is this novelty act section, which is basically short comedy sketches. Oh yeah. And my mom and some of her friends would have done it for the older. Um, there's like an adult score and a junior one, and so I was like, oh my god, we have to, you have to do one for us. So she uh-huh. would write sketches for us, and we would perform them, and we got to an All Ireland final. Nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was big. Can you big. remember the sketch? We can, yeah. Yeah, what was it? It was about. Um, we were on an airplane and Ian Paisley was on the airplane and there was some mix up. My my character had like heart had heart medication tablets or something. Um and there was a mix up mm. and Ian Paisley ended up taking my medication but it reduced him in size. <laughs> <laughs> so he came out at the end uh, half the like the, yeah. the girl who played him had to like be on her hands and knees and came out. Yeah, came very out political, like, very political. Oh yeah, we were very very current at the time. <laughs> so it was something like that. Hard yeah. hitting, hard, hard hitting. hitting, exactly. That yeah. couldn't have travelled up north. That's no, not that in particular one. No, yeah. no, but it was <laughs> great crack. Yeah. So uh, then, did you, uh, did you you went to college? I presume. 
I went to college. I did drama in college. Right. So, so I just straight away. wanted to be an actor. That was it. Mm. And I was very much, yeah, that's it. I'm doing that now. And I went to, but I knew nothing, no idea of what do you do? Where do you go? So mm. went to the career guidance counselor in school and was like, yeah, I went to be an actor. She was like, have you thought about nursing? I was like, no. <laughs> so she just found this drama course in Inchicore. Like there wasn't really any um, like uh, research put into mm. this, but it was like, there's a drama course, do that. Mm. So I did. And it was a lovely course. Like, it was great. But it was just a small course. So, like, there wasn't um, much... Uh, the, the tutors were great. And what we learned was great. But, like, there wasn't mm. much money to put into our showcase or getting us agents and all that kind of side of it. So I did three years there. And I still was like, I want to be an actor. And I would be, be very... I didn't really like the fact that people seemed to think I was funny. Like, I thought that was, like, insulting. <laughs> Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I thought I'm <laughs> um, sorry, when you were when you were when doing um pieces in college. Yeah, yeah, so like I would always kinda seem to get cast in the quirky roles or the mm. kind of funny roles and people would be like, Oh, you're so funny and I was like, Oh, fuck you <laughs> Yeah. You know, like I sort of thought like I was a bit overweight and I thought like you're just you're just laughing at me because I'm fat and stupid. Like I was just kinda so I, you know, and I would get, yeah, I'd get upset when I, I never got cast in like the lead roles or anything like that. And I would get really upset like that I wasn't. So um, even when I left college, I still was like, I want to be an actor, I want to be an actor. And like, I wasn't really, I mean, I was getting bits of work, but not much like, and uh, mm. that's when I started doing improv. And that's when, that's when my life changed too. <laughs> But that's when you uh, got into the the comedy circles, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah. and that was kind of like when I sort of, like the reason I always kind of say, oh, that's when my life changes because it was the first, that was when I started to really enjoy being funny. Yeah. And sort of go, this is brilliant. Like, what have I been, why have I been not, you know. Struggling against it. Yeah. 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 So, um, that was it. Everything kind of led from there. Like, I started doing stand-up and writing and sketches and different things but uh, but the main thing for me was just that I actually enjoyed comedy like I really enjoyed it and I didn't mm. see it I didn't see it as an I had enjoyed comedy before but I just had always seen it as a kind of a negative I was like okay you're laughing at me and it's great and all but you're only laughing because you think I'm stupid mm. you think I'm fat you think I'm whatever whereas you know finally I was in I was going yeah okay you're laughing because you think it's funny you don't necessarily hate me <laughs> yeah <laughs> So I went yeah. the opposite way in a way because I was in a band that were a very serious band, mm. and then uh, I had to try and do comedy, but had like people knew me as like, can you imagine say someone like Morrissey doing <laughs> <laughs> suddenly decides he wants to do comedy? Well, uh, he would sell out. I now mean, I'm not saying that I was yeah. on that scale, but yeah, I, yeah, our yeah. band were of that ilk. In that we were a very serious band. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were slightly known around. Right, okay. So yeah. why, what put comedy into your head? It was meeting Paul Tylock. Oh, uh. <laughs> I still think you two need to get married and just <laughs> seal the deal because yeah. you both love each other. I've had so many conversations with either of you separately of like just saying how great you think the other one oh, is. Yeah. yeah. We, just we, shift, will you? We don't... Uh, <laughs> see each other as much yeah. as we used to but anyway let's yeah. uh let's not talk about that um <laughs> <laughs> anyway but i had the opposite thing so uh but so where was the co- where was the improv what was the improv group and so where the was improv that? was in the halfpenny inn so mm. it was so i used to pass by the halfpenny inn and see this sign for there was a, a an improv every thursday and i regularly mm. saw the sign 
I loved improv. I knew improv from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And I loved it, you know, mm. really loved it. And I would have watched a lot of stand-up, you know, that kind of BBC Two, uh, there used to be a lot of stand-up on late at night and stuff. So mm. I was a fan of comedy, but I hadn't really gone to see any live comedy. Mm. Uh, and I used to pass by this improv night and think, yeah, that looks good. I, and I kept meaning to go and I didn't go. And do you know how I ended up? Oh, do you know what actually happened was it was an even smaller, there was a little notice board in the Gage School of Acting for like auditions and stuff. And there was an audition for this small improv group out in Fibsborough called the Improbables, I think it was, or something like that. Mm. And I went along and I just loved it instantly. Now, it was a tiny group. We didn't really, I mean, our shows consisted consisted of four people. Like, you know, there there wasn't much... Uh, they had it was a new group and mm. all of that kind of stuff but I loved it I absolutely adored it straight away and through them like I think one of the guys in the group did the door in the halfpenny or something like that mm. found out there was auditions for the halfpenny troupe went along got in and then was doing improv every Thursday in the halfpenny uh, with Keith Farnan and Danny Kyo oh, and Keith Farnan did it yeah, yeah he was doing mm. it around that time and few more and that was I mean I just adored it like and that was mm. the start of because we used to have a workshop on a Tuesday night and then we'd hang around for Battle of the Axe so which is a, a, like open an open spot. mic open stand up mic. and stuff so yeah. that kind of started to normalize the whole idea of stand up yeah. and just comedy in general I was just kind of immersed in the I was so young as well I sure was out drinking all the time and just having a brilliant time yeah. surrounded by comedy mm. and then I kind of started going oh maybe I could do stand up maybe I'd give that a go like but it probably took me about 2 years to usually takes people that yeah. long to, <laughs> yeah, to decide <laughs> yeah, to jump yeah. out of the plane yeah so, um, and then you did your first stand-up. Where was that in the Haypenny? It was in Kilkenny, actually. Oh, right, So yeah. for the cat laughs every year, the Haypenny laugh would go down and do a show in uh, Ryan's Pub. Uh, not part of the main festival, oh, but like kind of like a fringe. A fringe, yeah. And ba- if you remember when Kilkenny was really busy, like there was a bit of a fringe. Like there was, there would be like four or five other gigs mm. going on. They'd all be full, like you know. So there mm. was plenty of audience around. So we do this uh, for the weekend, and yeah, it was just again great crack mm. and everything. And one of the, one, I think it was two thousand and five, we went down, and there was you know a stand up show was part of it or something. And I said, mm. fine, I'll do it at that. So I did. I don't know, 10 minutes or 15 minutes or something like that. And yeah, I mean, it was great and it went great and I loved it. But Mm. it was so, like, I've never been more nervous for anything ever in my life. It's like, it's just terrifying, isn't it? It's just like so, so scary. Like, Mm. I remember I walked around Kilkenny for about two hours just trying to burn off this nervous energy. Like, just march. I basically, I was like Forrest Gump. I basically just ran all over Kilkenny and then just ran onto the stage and went, (laughs) you know, it was just Mm. crazy. Like, but I did, I loved it. I mean, I did, I loved it and I I kind of felt good about it. Did you, yeah? Yeah, I did. I mean, I kind of feel that in some ways when I look back now on stand-up that like because i don't do a huge amount of stand-up anymore um i do it when people ask me to gig i don't really kind of go looking for gigs i sort of have a weird relationship with it where Mm. i don't know if i really truly have a passion for stand-up specifically Mm. you know Mm. um and i kind of feel like but it kind of but i but i enjoyed it at the same time but and every now and again i go oh i'm gonna you know this year now i'm gonna i'm gonna really go for the stand-up i'm gonna do loads and then i kind of go uh, I'm busy really? now with other things so I feel like if I really had a true 
I think the you know stand-ups that really do well have a real passion for the craft of stand-up like you know? yeah and I don't know if I have that right yeah and you're yeah. very good at thanks, it thanks Joe so thanks very much it's handy that you d- you can just do it but um, <laughs> <laughs> that makes um, I'm sure a lot of other comedians who really try hard and aren't as good make makes them feel terrible oh god <laughs> well that sounds very uh, arrogant uh, no, but you I'm know joking. what I mean I'm, it's joking, kinda, I'm joking I think because when I started yeah. doing stand up I had already been an actor and yeah, so, yeah yeah like yeah, I often yeah. look at people stand ups who are starting off and some like some are really good and obviously some are not so good or whatever but like mm. you know I think if you have a uh, stage pr- if you're used to being on stage and you have stage presence and you can perform mm certainly in those early days of whatever about a long-term career but certainly in the early days i think you're at a bit of an advantage because yeah you can kind of sell it you, you can at least i think a lot of stand-ups when they're starting off have to, they have to learn how to sell their material mm. you know whereas at least when you've been a performer before mm-hmm. you you still have the same self-doubt and is this funny da, 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 but you know how to sell something like. you know how to sell something mm. but i would say a lot of actors would find it difficult to be relaxed on yeah. stage they're used to being a character they're used to having lines that yeah. are written for them so it's, uh, I think it's very different there aren't that many actors who can do stand-up by yeah well I, and actually mm. the, yeah because the flip side of that is when I started doing stand-up first I, I was so nervous that like probably for the first six months or maybe more of gigging I treated it like a monologue you know so I'd learn right. it off word for word mm. and I'd get up and perform my stand-up routine all right like a monologue and okay it went well but like there was a slight disconnect between me and the audience because I was kind of like a person performing stand-up yeah. as opposed to kind of actually talking to the people in the room, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So I definitely feel like I ha- there came a point like about six months or a year in where I really had to kind of let that go mm. and sort of go, okay, I need to actually start... Just talking, know, just to, talking the to these people. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> stop pretending that I'm an actor in the role of stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? um, and so uh, uh, did you start uh, getting more com- uh, comedy roles then? In uh, Yeah. When did that happen? When, when Joe? Is it, well, you started doing, I know you I started know. doing sketches. Oh, there was a comedy uh, yeah, sketch group. Comedy so sketch group. So a lot of that would have sort of happened, I suppose, around the same time. So I started doing improv. And then mm. started doing stand-up. And then, <clears throat> it's hard to remember the exact timeline, but around the same time. So, so and once I started doing comedy and started to become known for comedy, I definitely mm. got more comedy, like in acting terms, mm. I would get more comedy roles or I'd get called for different things and stuff that I wouldn't have done before. Uh, so that was kind of taken off a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, around, I think it was 2008, actually, that we started a sketch group called Ghost Train Willie. Mm. So a few of us... Uh, got together and it was there was no grand plan really it was kind of more of a writing group initially we were just like let's just try and write some stuff Mm. but it kind of turned into a sketch group and we made a lot of online content and then uh republica telly got in touch and wanted us to do stuff for Mm. republica telly so that sort of opened up another world of that and we sort of Mm. um and over the years then ended up individually and collectively doing a lot of writing and um, performing and stuff for Republica Telly. Mm. Uh, so the sketch and the, we uh, that sketch group, we made an online mini series for the RTE player and we did a show in Fringe. And so we did loads of stuff. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but again, and again, like with all of those things, like the, the further, the more that kind of comedy stuff I did, the more it kind of translated with like getting calls from other people 
to like, oh yeah, here, will you come and do this other comedy thing? Or do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yes. it all sort of led, it's all yeah. kind of led on from that. Yeah, yeah. You know? And did you, like, I know what your partner, Danny Kyo, you went and uh, did. Uh, <laughs> Who's downstairs right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you spent some time in Chicago, did you? Yes, uh, yeah. We went to Chicago uh, in 2010. We actually went to Chicago sort of with a thought of of emigrating like that was kind of the we were on a recce <laughs> oh yeah basically yeah because we both do like improv is probably our first love like for both of us really like yeah and chicago is the home of improv so we kind of yeah. went we need to go there and check it out and <clears throat> this was 2010 like i think we were both working bits but we weren't like getting loads of work and we were kind of mm. like going maybe we just need to mix it up a bit here so we thought you know we we yeah we considered moving to the states uh mm. we had been a few times on shorter visits and stuff and both like the states etc etc so in 2010 we got a scholarship to uh do some training at second city and we went to io as well which is another big improv uh so all like basically all the kind of uh names that you can think of in that world like tina fey amy poehler um steve carell mike myers bill murray like they they've all come through this this um improv world in chicago Mm. essentially yeah Mm. so uh we went and did a summer there like just studying and all of that and it was amazing Mm. like absolutely brilliant but it was kind of a bit of an eye-opener in terms of like um how it's the payment is set up like the performers Mm. don't really get paid or you know or you certainly have to move through a lot of ranks to reach a level where you're getting paid for stuff. So we kind of felt... Um, and look, are you doing big shows there and not getting paid? Well, like yeah. Big audiences. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And like we... Yeah. Ma- you see, there's just such a volume of performers. Yeah. So for example, every summer... Um, SNL Saturday Night Live come to IO and hold auditions mm. for a, a potential cast member or a writing member for Saturday Night Live. Mm. And that was happening while we were there. But we were meeting people who had been training for like six and seven years in IO, right? Yeah. And they there was like four rounds of audition to even get seen by the SNL crew that were coming to do the auditions. So like, yes, there was all this opportunity, but like yeah. there was so many hoops to jump through to 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 get to that stage where yeah. you could get seen by these people. And, like, the vast majority of the performers that were performing there nightly, they all had, like, full-time jobs Mm. and all that kind of stuff. There wasn't, again, you had to go to kind of the top tier before there was people who were kind of making a full-time living out of creative ventures. Like, So, we kind of, um, we sort of had this thing of, like, well, you know, we had finally managed to build a life for ourselves at home where we didn't Mm. really have to be you know, doing uh, work that we didn't kind of want to do. Yeah. We'd have to go to the States. We'd have to wait on tables and do all that kind of stuff, which is fine. But we just both felt like, oh, I don't know if we want to do that now. Like we were 2010. It's only eight or nine years ago. So like we we were, I was in my late 20s. Danny was a little bit older. We knew we were going to get married, start a family. And so we just didn't. Um, you would have had to start at the bottom. Kind of would have had again. to start at the bo- bottom rung again. Mm. So we sort of went. No, I don't think. Um, mm. I don't think we want to do that. Now it wasn't like a clear. Like we came back and we were still kind of going. Yeah, maybe we'll go. Da da da. da. But I think mm. we never really sat down and went. Right, that's it. Decision made. We're not going. Mm. But I think 
I think it had, yeah, when we went and saw the reality of it, I think we both sort of went, oh, I think mm. I kind of like the life at home. Mm. Plus, like, my family, you know. Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> and come here, what's the, uh, for the summer, mm. what are you doing there? You going in every day or for like five days a week or something? Yeah, and, uh, what was it, four days, uh, I think it was four days a week, but it was like full on, like 10, you know, 10 to five or whatever. Doing like what kind of? So uh, all imp- it was all improv. Well, sorry, in Second City it was writing workshops as well, oh, but right. in okay. um, in Io it was all improv. So yeah. you're just learning all about uh, just learning improv and all about the different styles. And mm. then in the evenings, like so in Io, now they've moved venues venues since we were there, but I think it's the same setup. But when we were there, there was two stages. So every night then there would be like maybe at least two if not more shows on each stage mm. so you would go and see all these like just various styles of it like it was really it was different such a styles of different uh, styles improv. of so improv yeah long form all and long short form. form yeah all no, long all form, long form oh. really yeah okay yeah, so if yeah. anyone listening does no improv mm. there's uh, you obviously improvise sketches we do sketches we we're in a group and we do and we're performing the international every in dublin every monday night but mm. but I think most improv is actually long form in internationally. This yeah, is where you I get a so, suggestion yeah. and you do a whole show. Pretty much. I mean, that, that would improvise be a whole show improvise for a whole an show. hour or so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that would yeah. be a sort of a very loose um, description. Like within it, mm. there's just. I mean, it's like saying what is music. Like, do you know what I mean? It's hard to yeah, define yeah, yeah, it in yeah. one sentence. Yeah. But yeah, broadly speaking, like the difference between long and short form will be long form is kind of way more open ended. Probably mm. less 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 suggestions back, con- less contact with the audience. I think th- during the show, yeah, and more just like building these whole long worlds, like a, a play, like a play, kind of like an improvised play yeah. versus improvised short sketches. Yeah, incredible, it's really interesting. I've like never so done it, so I yeah. Just oh, it's so like it's just. I mean, once you start, I think definitely. I mean, I still love short form. A lot of people mm. once they start doing long form, don't get the same gratification out of short form now i still love short form as mm. well because it's you know it's just so funny <laughs> but but the long form world is just like it's really i think like i suppose it's like you go d- you go deeper so the payoffs are bigger like you know mm. so like the 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 laughs can be so much bigger because they've, they're so much richer you know there's a whole world has been created yeah. and sometimes it's just like one of the best shows i ever saw was an Armando where, and an Armando is where one person will uh, deliver, um, get a suggestion from the audience and deliver a monologue, just kind of talk on that subject or go off onto a trail of thoughts oh, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and just sort of share some stuff about themselves. Yeah. And then the uh, troupe will perform scenes basically inspired by that monologue or commenting on that monologue. And then the person comes back and delivers more of the monologue and so mm. on. But mm. one of the best ones I saw was a guy who had, he'd just lost his dad actually. And uh, he was delivering the monologue. And I can't remember what the suggestion was, but inevitably they end up talking about themselves or whatever. And uh, So inevitably mm. it came up about his dad. And mm. it was just like, and then the troupe were performing scenes and it, the whole it was like a two hour show and it just ended up in this this like everybody was crying at the end like wow. it, it was really funny like there was some lovely like hilarious moments in it mm. but it just became this really profound kind of a uh, piece of theater about loss and grief and yeah. you know it was really like like at the end we were all just like wow like i can't believe 
that just all happened on yeah. one suggestion like you know yeah it's kind of mad and then yeah. another um great group that are worth checking out is the improvised shakespeare company so they take a suggestion and then they perform like a two-hour show uh ba- based on the languages and themes of shakespeare mm. so it's all in like shakespearean language shakespearean verse and Mm-hmm. you know it's it's again it's just like so i'm not necessarily a huge fan of shakespeare but this is really really impressive to watch like mm. and the level of trust i think that's the thing as well with the one major difference between long form and short form is in long form you you, you generally you don't break the fourth wall really you know no. so you don't really you, you would rarely see that where anybody kind of breaks out of it whereas in short form obviously you do that a lot you're kind of gagging with the audience mm. uh but in long form, they stay in the world mm-hmm. and the like the commitment to the world, like particularly when you see a group who have worked together a lot, mm-hmm. the commitment they have to the world and to the to their fellow performers is like they'll start scenes where they're just like, you know, walking in the woods, say, and they'll hold out their hand and the, the level like instantly the other performers like, OK, that's me. That's my character. Mm. You know, they, they just have this. It's like an unspoken Instinct. language and the trust yeah. like that. I put out my hand and he's going to know. I mean, his character is walking with me, you know? Yeah. Very How long does that take to, to, uh, <laughs> to feel comfortable in that? I, I would, I, that would scare mm. the living daylights out of me. I mean, I think... I think like anything for that level of trust, I suppose it's a long, you know, you don't just get it overnight. But then I think like we had a group here, the Cardinals. I mean, we still have the group, the Cardinals, which when we were doing long form and like, like we would notice when we don't gig uh, as often I mean we don't really gig that often we were in a stage where we were gigging a bit more often yeah. but because we all knew each other really well anyway it didn't take long at all for that mm. level of trust because we ha- it was there we all trusted each other as performers so you would just kind of I know it's, it sounds so arty farty but you kind of give yourself over to the to the group mind like you just yeah. sort of believe I that mind. you know a, a solution will that that this is going come. to work yeah, yeah and it does like it's amazing, amazing like yeah but then when mm. we haven't gigged in a while, you would sort of notice, not that we don't trust each other, but you just notice that the the connection isn't quite as strong uh, and it doesn't, uh, things don't sort of form quite as easily. Mm. But I think in terms of the trust, it's more about the, it's not so much trusting the form, it's trusting the people. So mm. for example, our group that only does short form, I've no doubt that we could do a long form piece. Mm. Uh, no problem because the trust is there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I noticed after, uh, yeah, because when I started out, uh, compared to how it is now, yeah. Yeah. It's just. Like, you just know, like, you know, when we're doing the Monday nights, like, you don't, you're not getting on in scenes going, oh, I hope hope Joe's going (laughs) to come up with something good to say here now. You know, you just, you just trust that. And if there's a lull or whatever, you don't go, oh, God. You don't panic. You don't panic and go, oh, God. So that's, and that's just trust. That's like, yeah. what it, that's just trusting that, well, whatever happens here, we'll figure yeah. out how to. Well, like, yeah, I'd love to do long for, I do would yeah. love to do it on the podcast, actually. Yeah, it, yeah. But, um, mm. So, uh, after Republic, oh, so, what, did you do that after Republic Italia or before uh, uh, Chicago, I mean? No, it was yeah. kind of before, I think, yeah. or maybe around the same um, time. I can't remember now, mm. but. Uh, 
Kind of before, yeah. But once we started doing Republica Telly, then that kind of opened up. Yeah, and uh, then other stuff from Republica Telly. Yeah, well, like Bridget and Eamon yeah. eventually would have come sort of from Republica Telly. So Jason Butler, who writes and produces, writes and directs um, and produces mm. Republica Telly, or uh, Bridget Neiman, he would have... Yeah, we would have met him on Republic Telly, mm. and he directed a couple of sketches and stuff for us. Mm-hmm. So, um, and obviously Jane and Bernard were on Republic Telly as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, everything is connected. So you've been doing that now for four years. Yeah, four this, we se- just had seasons. the fourth series was just on there. Yeah. Will there be a fifth? Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> No exclusives here on no Potterini. because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't give you an exclusive even if I wanted to. I have no idea, yeah. basically. Um, yeah. But that's brilliant. You know, it's nice. And when something <laughs> gets, you know, I know with Killing Scully, it's it nice to get. It's nice to have work. Something It's just nice that to have solid. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Life. It's yeah. like it's a, it was As a an lo- actor. I know, yeah. to know, yeah. like, the yeah. first, certainly, I think we knew last year as well. Like, so basically... Once we got the go-ahead for the second series, which I think, came, if I remember correctly, came fairly early on. Mm. Uh, they knew the first series had been sort of received well, so we knew we were getting a second series. And I mm. think the second and the third series kind of recorded relatively close together. I, I can't really remember now, but but it was just like, there was a spell there where it was like, okay, well, I know there's a bit of work there, <laughs> mm. you know, in July or whatever. And yeah, it is. It's just so lovely as an actor to have... Like that's yeah. stability. I mean, that's crazy, but that's stability in our world. It is, yeah. Which is crazy. Th- that three weeks work in July. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stability. which you're not even sure you're going to get until, and you're not even sure, and you don't know how many days you'll get on yeah. it or whatever. But that is, that is as stability. stable as it gets. <laughs> that's like a pensionable civil service job right there. Yeah. Yeah. So no, it's been it's been very good. And I saw you in uh, Michael Inside. That was really good. Yes. So Michael Inside is. It's- on Netflix. On Netflix at the moment, and it's a wonderful film by Frank Berry. It's an amazing it's film. It's an amazing film. It's really definitely, amazing. like, seriously watch it. It's really, really yeah, good. And yeah. it basically charts this kind of young guy. Uh, and it's, it's it really shows just basically how a young person, or anybody really, can get caught up in the prison system. Yes, really. but probably a young fella from a certain area. Yeah. And it's you're trapped in that yeah, culture. Definitely. And um, I play a prison uh, officer. It's a very small part, but I'm delighted. It's good though. I well, know. I know. It's but not that small. Well, it's... It's small, Joe, but okay, I'm right. just delighted to be mentioned <laughs> in the same. I keep getting these messages <laughs> from people about like. That's no, good, though. And it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I'm thrilled. And like for me, I don't do a lot of serious roles, not necessarily by choice, but I just mm. kind of, you know, the bulk of my work is in comedy. So mm. when this came along um, and I didn't know Frank, I just auditioned and and got the part Um so yeah, I feel it feels great. I'm so delighted that you know one of the only serious roles I've done in recent years is such a great, great movie. Like you know, yeah, it's it's so brilliant. good. Like, uh, so I'm thrilled to be involved with it and mentioned with it. And yeah, and that's one of the best Irish films I've seen. Yeah, in years, one so girl that. sent me a message. That she th- she thought it was a series. She was like, I can't wait for the next episode. Oh, no. and I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid you're barking up the wrong tree there. Things, yeah. Mm. She probably got hoping things would get better for Michael. No. <laughs> no, I'm afraid. No. <laughs> the clues in the title. Michael inside. It's not Michael outside. <laughs> but uh and uh you're working on uh this uh, news talk radio show 
you couldn't, you couldn't make, make it, up. it up. I am as writing on writing, on. yes, writing and performing on some of them, but writing yeah. for all of it, yeah. So yeah. that's been great. So that's a kind yeah. of a new, you know. So my writing career is, uh, even though obviously I've written a lot for myself uh, over mm. the years with my stand up and with sketches and stuff. But uh, in recent years now, I'm getting more writing work, which is brilliant. I love that. Mm. I love getting writing work. Uh, so um, You Couldn't Make It Up is a, a topical current affairs comedy panel show mm. on News Talk every Saturday morning at 9.30 a.m. Mm. And uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been really fun. And um, Carl Spain is writing on it as well. And Patty yeah. Courtney and Colin O'Regan has done a few. And you've performed on yeah, it. Yeah, and I'm on this week. Yeah, and Danny Q is now writing for a couple of weeks he? as well. Uh, he's yeah. just a loser. They just <laughs> follow me around. <laughs> so awkward. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been great. I'm really enjoying that. I would have written yeah. a lot on Republica Telly. The last series of Republica Telly, I wrote a lot of content for that and stuff. So yeah. um, I like. Yeah, it's nice. It I'm I get a because the writing work is as I said, it's only in more recent years. Uh, that I've started getting, it's I get a real buzz when I get writing work now because I'm like, yeah. yes, feel you know what I mean. Feel like I'm kind of moving forward. forward yeah, doing yeah. something different, doing new. something kind of new. I mean, it's yeah. not new for me. No, but well, you know what I mean. It's, it's, people yeah. are ringing you for it. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, that's cool. Well, yeah, so things are things are going great. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We've just focused on the positive there. Um, no, I think they're going great. Ah, they're yeah. going all right. I mean, look, I think in this, <laughs> well, I'm just classic. It, the, I mean, it's very classic Irish, Irish like <laughs> grand show. I mean, do you want me to tell you all the crap things in my life? I think that if you can make any sort of a living in this world, then you're actually incredibly successful. Do you know what I mean? Ah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's if you can true, just yeah. keep going, I think that's the only thing. Like, we bought a house last year, which mm. I thought. That will never, um, mm. that will never happen. I just thought, you know, how are how two performers, two performers? Yeah, I thought yeah. That we're never going. This is never going to happen. And you know, we were lucky that we were able to just get our ducks in a row, and we had a few good years, and you mm. know, off we go. So since that, uh, I feel a bit more, uh, I think, relaxed about the sort of um, instability of this mm. world a bit more. If that makes sense, because mm. I just feel like now I just feel more like everybody else like because everybody's like just trying to pay their mortgage and mm. get their kids you know through school and all the rest mm. so um, and nobody's really and that to, stable to a certain you know? extent uh, all work now is unstable unless you're like a totally. guard or a nurse or absolutely but, and like I often think that like when somebody there's a lot to be said for uh, the type of lives that we lead like like, you know, you hear about people who lose jobs, say, in factories or wherever, and they're really fucked, like, because they don't know what yeah. to do next. Yeah. Whereas that's never... We do so many different things that it's impossible, really, to lose your job because you yeah. kind of do 500 different mini-jobs. Yeah. So you don't have that same... You know, but you never take it for granted that you have a full time job anyway. Yeah, so you're kind so of constantly hustling yeah. for yeah. new work anyway. Yeah, I so. think you're probably better off, you know, as well. I mean, obviously, you, uh, I don't know how you can just be a full time actor. That's what I'm trying to say is like, mm. I, that instability, I could, I couldn't, 
handled yeah. it because not being able to control you, know, you mm. write so yeah. you can write yourself into <laughs> yeah. stuff or well or I did I wrote myself a one woman show because I was like yeah. I want to do a play nobody's going to cast me so I better write one Yeah, but I think I think in Ireland yeah you probably can't I mean it's the same with the stand up I don't think I don't know if there's anybody really in Ireland doing full time stand up only I mean maybe some of the bigger ones who live here but like really people go to the UK if they want to if stand up is what they only do yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. um, because there just wouldn't you, be enough work you know, you do stand up, you do voiceover. Yeah, work, you, you do, do bits of everything, writing or whatever mm, it is, acting and teaching and maybe. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's the same kind of with with acting. Um, yeah. Like there is a certain maybe cohort of people who who uh, get a lot of work and stuff, but but I think for a lot of us, you're just kind of I I wouldn't make enough money in any of those fields yeah. like solely. Um, now I don't I I don't want to give any of them up. I enjoy all of them, yeah. but I couldn't financially afford to give any of them up yeah. anyway like do you yeah. know oh you actually you forgot to talk about that one woman show so what, what is oh, that yes. about so that is the What's curse it called? it's called the curse of the button accordion mm. and it's about me it's a comedy show and it's about mm. me and it's basically about me growing up in uh, rural Roscommon and mm. I basically I sort of I was kind of musical as a child and I thought oh my god everybody seemed to think this was great and I was like the start like I played the tin whistle and I was like oh my god I'm amazing everybody loves me uh but I I think I got a bit too big for my boots and I thought oh, I know what I'll do I'll play the button accordion and uh it starts off okay but then I have a moment in the show where I freeze on stage mm. uh and I I basically blame the accordion for that so from then on I believe that it has me cursed and right okay yeah, yeah. what transpires then is is all the ways that it has me cursed and you Play a bit in the show. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. you brought that show over to the Kansas City Irish Festival, didn't you? Well, no, I didn't was bring it? that show. No, no, you no didn't. I just did stand up over there. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That was great. And that was yeah. thanks to you. Ah, so. yeah. It's thanks a great, uh, great uh, comedy. Uh, it's a great festival that the comedy is kind of nicely put in a theatre and people. Yeah pay in especially f- yeah. to see it it's only a nominal sum but I mean it yeah. makes it nice no it was lovely I yeah, we had a great yeah. time I mm. mean um, my, we only went it was a shame we couldn't go for longer but mm. my mom had my parents had the kids so oh right yeah. <laughs> like yeah I have to go back as well. you didn't miss them though <laughs> Which, what was, what's their names again uh, yeah th- I really yeah. enjoyed it yeah it's an Irish festival it's mostly music but there is this one comedy in a theatre and it's yeah. lovely really well run really nice and um, yeah two nights there yeah it was brilliant really really enjoyed it. I, I did a couple of kids shows as well yeah. when I was there yeah um, so it was great but yeah we went like Thursday to Sunday or something so mm. it was kind of just uh, a flying visit yeah to yeah. Kansas City but a lovely city really enjoyed it yeah it's a great yeah. place um, they do they have an improv festival over there as well I'm that's right hoping we I can get, over, and get over at some point yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, but listen yeah it's been great chatting and we do uh, improv together. I, I suppose I've mentioned it already, but every Monday night in the international. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a group of us. Yeah, I'm but it's always good, it's even if I'm not on. Brilliant. It's still okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually it's terrible. I've been there when you're not on. It's awful. I know. Um, so uh, and we, but that's uh, yeah. So yeah, thanks yeah. for having the chat. Thanks for uh, chatting with me. You probably. It's been a great. 
time for you uh, being away from your kids. Yeah, I just heard them. They're downstairs. I just <laughs> they <laughs> Danny was supposed to be keeping them caged into the kitchen, but I did hear a loose scream there. Ah, they're brilliant. A few minutes ago, so I don't know what's happened. <laughs> 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 I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, hopefully the audience didn't hear that. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, thanks a lot. Thank you. Coming up in the next uh, week, uh, this week I'll be uh, I'll be doing that uh, radio show with Sharon Mannion called "You Couldn't Make It Up," and that's going out on News Talk on uh, Saturday morning. But obviously, it'll be repeated, and also it'll be on their website, and it'll be a podcast, and all that malarkey. Uh, apart from that, I'm doing gigs, so I'll be in Dice's and Ballyshannon with Patrick McDonnell on the 23rd on Saturday night of February. Uh, the Concert Hall Limerick on the 26th of February with Patrick McDonnell. On my own, I'll be in the Blue Haven Hotel in Kinsale. Bloody lovely hotel. I can't wait to do that and have a nice dinner and stay in a lovely room. On the 28th of February, uh, that is, in the Blue Haven and Kinsale. Then in March, it's uh, Clears in Kilkenny, myself and Patrick. Clears Bar, lovely bar, actually. And then I'm heading off on my own to uh, Hong Kong for a week. Well, I'm going to be doing gigs over there with uh, Carl Spain, I think, or Carl Spain and Padre Murray in Hong Kong. But um, then I'll come back. Myself and Patrick will be doing the Dolman in Carrick Mines on the 22nd and 23rd of March and we'll be doing Andersons in Sligo on the 29th of March that's it well I mean I'm sure there's gigs in April but come on you don't want to be listening to this you're probably not listening to this right? right and I wonder if I should um, go uh, any more advice for my younger self Um, yeah here we go be in the moment. Listen when someone has something to say. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Get to know yourself. Be aware of what your mind is doing. Meditate and become more aware of what you're thinking and feeling. You've been through a traumatic event and you need to talk it out. You need to revisit it. Stay with it. Take Talk it out and stop running from it because it will catch up with you. By the way, Eckhart Tolle is full of shit. Okay, well, I'll see you next week. I'll be talking to uh, Justin fr- from uh, the Sons of Southern Ulster. I've done that interview already and it'll be coming up next week, if not sooner. Bye! Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated. Like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply.